my first day on the job, my manager had set up a meeting and at the end of his presentation, the engineer started asking some questions. And he said, don't ask me, ask her. And you know, everybody looked at me and I was thinking to myself, I don't even know product. Hey guys, welcome to Tech Intern, where we sit down with the real students that tell us about their experiences and how that in turn affected their career, and hopefully yours too. Hey guys, welcome to Tech Intern. Today I'm joined by Pallavi Hukerker, uh, and she is a PM at Microsoft working on the Excel product. Um, Pallavi and I met, actually we went to the same university, but we never met there. We actually met at Microsoft. As you probably know, I'm a software engineer at Microsoft. So uh, thanks for joining us, Pallavi. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I just wanted to jump in today uh, and kind of give the audience a feel for what you do on Excel. So you want to talk a bit to that? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm a program manager on Excel. And essentially what I do is help people work better together so that they can accomplish more together. And I do that by working on collaboration related features on Excel. So these are features that come into play when you have two or more people co-authoring or working together in a document. Right, so that's kind of what your team does, but do you wanna speak a little to what the difference between a program manager and a software engineer is? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so a program manager at Microsoft in a lot of ways is very similar to a product manager at other companies, and that's probably a title that you know the listeners are probably more familiar with. At a high level, product managers live at the intersection of business, design, and technology, and they kind of serve as the customer advocate. So on a day-to-day, -day, PMs need to really understand their product's users and the problems that they face, and then work to create solutions. So that means writing a spec for a feature, uh, working with designers to create mockups, working with developers to oversee the sort of building and prioritizing the development backlog, releasing the feature, and then measuring success. Right. So do you want to talk a little bit to uh, where you got started? Yeah, sounds good. So as you mentioned earlier, I also went to the University of Waterloo, um, but I studied a program called Management Engineering. So that's very similar to Industrial Engineering, which is very you know focused on process improvement and how to make things more efficient, particularly in the manufacturing space. But management engineering kind of builds on that. So we do a little bit more computer science, a couple more like economics and finance courses. Right. And I think at a very high level, it's how do we optimize processes in any industry? Right. Um, so can you tell me about uh, your actual internships? I believe you did six, right? Yep, I did. Um, and I think I had kind of an interesting path of a bunch of various experiences, really. Um, I started off working as a process improvement analyst at a finance company in downtown Toronto. So right. a lot of what I did there was using VBA or Visual Basic actually in Excel to automate some of the manual uh, processes that they had. So it's a full loop then. You're, you're working on Excel now. It really is. And I used a lot of Excel in my classes too. So I think it was very much a coincidence, but a really yeah. great one. Right. Uh, and so after that, where did you go? So after that, I decided I wanted to work at Toyota um, because it's really known for lean and, and really great manufacturing principles, right. which was very tied to what I was studying. Right. So I then uh, worked there for four months um, in the logistics space. Right. Okay. And uh, how did you like that in comparison to the first one? Uh, it was definitely just a very different experience. I think working in manufacturing uh, is very eye-opening and much more of a rigid work environment, I would say. 
Uh, so I think I learned kind of a whole new set of things, even though fundamentally what I was doing was very similar. Again, using VBA to automate processes. Cool, cool. Uh, and so after that, where did you go? So after that, I transitioned into tech. So I think from here, it'll become a lot more relevant to your show. Right. Um, and I did an internship as a software developer at a company called Smart Technologies. They're probably most known for smart boards, which are the electronic whiteboards you may have seen in schools or right. offices. Um, but when I was there, I worked as a developer on a product called Smart Lab or Lesson Activity Builder. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, it's a platform for teachers to build their own educational children's games. Okay, uh, so you said you're a software developer. So what um, tech stacks did you use? Yeah, so it was a lot more like front-end development for right. game design. I'd say primary language was really JavaScript. So you've done a few different internships. So when you've talked about all of them, I want to kind of loop back and discuss the differences between them. Uh, but let's just continue for now. Can you tell me about your fourth one? Yeah, so uh, my fourth and fifth one I actually did at the same company. It's uh, a consumer electronics company called Tile based in the Bay Area. Oh, nice. Um, and so for those who don't know Tile, they build tracking devices that you can clip onto your keys or put in your wallet. And then there's this associated mobile app that you can use to track those devices. Cool. Uh, and what did you work on there? Yeah, so there I was a product data analyst, so sort of shifting roles again. Um, and a lot of what I was doing was building data pipelines or also kind of pulling data and analyzing it to help drive decisions that a bunch of different teams were making. So that could be helping marketing improve uh, their campaigns, or it could be working with engineering to help them improve the, the features that they were building. Oh, that sounds really cool. Mm -hmm. So is that why you went back, back for the second one? Uh, because you enjoyed it so much the first time around? Yeah, it was that a couple of reasons. One was really, I loved what I was doing there. I also had just a great set of teammates. Right. Um, and then the other thing was I was kind of going on exchange actually to study abroad. Uh, and that kind of made some complications in the interview process, which I won't get into too right. much, but it just made a ton of sense to go back to Tile and I ended up staying on with them part-time during school as well. Right, wow, that's awesome. Um, so where did you go for your international experience? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I studied abroad at the University of Oulu in Finland. Um, so quite far north, farther right. than Helsinki. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience um, and loved my time there. Farther north than Waterloo? Yeah. <laughs> Much farther. I don't think there is a farther north. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Waterloo is the North Pole. <laughs> Uh, so now we've made it to the last one. So what did you do in your last one? Yeah, so my last one, I actually went abroad again, uh, maybe because wow. Finland influenced me so much, but I ended up working in Norway, um, specifically in Oslo, as a product manager at a startup company called Cognite. And essentially Cognite builds a data platform for asset-heavy industries. So what did you actually do there? Yeah, let me start off by giving a bit more context as to like the product that they build. Um, so if you think about companies that have a lot of different data, so let's say like an oil and gas company, right? Mm -hmm. They have data that they collect from a bunch of different places. Right. That could be sensors that you have on an oil rig. That could be like CRP software that you're using. Um, just like a, a bunch of different sources. Right. And so the Cognite data platform essentially enables these customers to upload all their data to the platform from all these different sources clean it up and then expose it through APIs so that that clean data can then be used for, you know, machine learning or more advanced kind of data science applications. Right, right. Right. So what I was doing there was kind of tackling a new problem. So generally at Cognite, when new customers come on board, we had a solutions architect team that would help these customers implement the Cognite data platform. 
But the problem was that these customers didn't have any way of implementing it on their own, nor did they have any way of sort of managing or monitoring their implementation. So what does that mean? Well, you know, if you're a customer and you're using this data platform, how do you know like what data you have in there? What sources are even connected? Or how do you know what the quality of your data is? Like, do you have all the information or are you missing certain sources or certain streams of data? So there was really no way to, to monitor any of that as a customer. And that was kind of the problem that I was tasked with on you know my first day on the job. Right. So it was pretty cool because it was a high level problem and I got to sort of work on building the first iteration of this product on my own. So over the 16 weeks of my internship, um, I started off by really understanding the problem and the customers that were facing this pain, um, working with other teams such as the solution architect team to really understand like what does that implementation process look like and what are the things that customers would care to know about their usage of the Cognite data platform. Um, from there, I got to work with my designer to build mockups of a, what a solution could look like that would give customers insight into their implementation. Um, I got to take those mockups to real customers that we had to get feedback and to iterate on them. And then eventually worked with developers to build out a very bare bones MVP or minimum viable product that we then got to ship to a limited set of our customers. Right. Nice. That's awesome. So uh, how was your, your experience transitioning into a PM role? I think doing my first PM role at a startup was just a crazy experience. Like I remember my first day on the job after I had completed orientation, my first day doing real work, my manager had set up a meeting with him, myself, and a couple of engineers uh, at the company. And he started talking about this product that I was gonna work on. And at the end of his presentation, the engineer started asking some questions. And he said to them, don't ask me, ask her, pointing to me, she's the PM on the product. And you know, everybody looked at me and I was thinking to myself, I don't even know the problem that I'm solving, let alone the product that we're gonna build. And here I am from day one, expected to answer questions about this product. Um, and so I think I knew from then that it was kind of gonna be a crazy 16 weeks wow. um, where I was gonna be held responsible to the success of this product. On your first day? Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like you, you tried a variety of different roles. Uh, do you think there's value in branching out like you did or specializing in one specific type of internship? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, I definitely saw the value in branching out. And I think for product managers, I think it's definitely great to have kind of varied experience. Mm -hmm. When I look back, I think I learned a lot of different things from each of my roles. So from my first two, when I was working to automate internal processes, a large part of what I was doing was talking to people in the company and really understanding what problem they were solving with the process that they were doing. And I think that was great because if you think of those people almost as users of what I was building, I, th I thought it was a really great way to have more user empathy and be able to speak to people and really learn what it is they're doing. Right. Um, uh, then when I did my term as a software developer, I got great exposure to sort of the technical side of things. And that's something that is really great for PMs to have because we work a lot and work very closely with developers. Right. So I think that was a great experience for me leading into the PM role. Um, I think my time as a data analyst was great because I actually got to learn how to use data to then drive decisions that you make, which is an important thing that PMs do on their day to day. Right. Can you uh, can you give me an example of a time that you use data to actually make a business decision? For sure. 
So my second term there, uh, I had this really great opportunity to work on uh, the new subscription service that the company was going to offer. So essentially looking for kind of another revenue stream. And what we did with that is designed kind of an interface in the app that showed the subscription service or the subscription feature. And so what we did was A-B test a bunch of different alternatives so that we could test out different things like the feature set that was included in the subscription package, mm -hmm. um, how long the free trial to the subscription would last, and then what price the subscription service would be offered at. Um, and so when you A-B test, you get to figure out like what is the better experience or what is the experience that's going to help convert more people. Right. Um, so then you're using that decision to actually pick the price or the trial length or the feature set. Wow, awesome. Uh, so do you want to talk about the, the rest of your internships? Yeah, and then uh, the last one working as a product manager, I think was really useful because I am now a full-time product manager. Right. And so I really got to learn what it's like to work as a PM and sort of be at that intersection of working with designers and developers um, and just a whole host of different uh, different job functions in a company right. to really build great customer, build a great product for your customers. Right. So it sounds like these roles uh, were really useful for building to a PM position because PM jobs are so sort of cross-functional. Um, but do you think it's still a value to do this for different types of internships, like for example, software engineers? Yeah, I think more broadly, it still does make sense to sort of try out a role in a bunch of industries. Um, just because I think every industry has a different set of processes and a different set of challenges. And so there's always new things to learn. Uh, so even if you are a software developer at a tech company versus a software developer at a manufacturing company, I still think there's a lot that you can learn from the differences between the industries. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about your international experience? And um, like, so I did an international experience also. I did a, an internship in Dublin uh, and I really enjoyed that. So whenever I get the opportunity to, to tell someone to, to try an international one, I definitely do. Uh, but do you think it was valuable like how valuable do you think it was um i definitely think it's a super valuable experience as well i think the biggest thing is just seeing how you know work is in other countries right like i think one of the striking things for me in norway was work-life balance wasn't just like a concept that they talked about it was something that they actually lived right um it was still busy it was a startup i think startups are always kind of fast-paced but i think it was really great to see that people did prioritize home time or time with their families, um, which was very different than maybe what I had seen in the right. States. To, to counter your point a little bit there, I've actually had the opposite uh, experience. So I found that uh, technology companies in places like Silicon Valley or in Boston or whatever it is, were actually a little more laid back than my international experience. Uh, another thing I noticed at other companies in America was that um, they wouldn't really hang out outside of work. They would kind of get to five o'clock and then they would, or 4.30 or whatever it was, uh, and then they would go home and see their families. Whereas in my international experience, um, everybody would still hang out after work and everybody would go out for dinner or go out for a few drinks. And I, I thought that was really valuable for, for team growth. Uh, do you have any experiences uh, like that? Yeah, that's really interesting actually, because I feel like my experiences are, are reversed. Right. Where I think actually in the States, I had a lot more connection with my coworkers mm -hmm. and we did more things outside of work versus the people that I work with in Norway, I think I had a little bit less of that. Right. I think for me, that comes down not to so much the location, but sort of the stage of life of people around me. Right. Where, you know, when I was at 
at the startup in the Bay Area, everyone around me was relatively young. They were probably living by themselves at home. Right. And so they didn't really have families to go home to at the end of the day and right. could afford to spend more time just hanging out with their coworkers. Yeah. As an intern, I think that's a really valuable environment to be in because I remember times when I was in Boston where uh, I was actually living in a hostel for about four months because I couldn't find any other housing. Uh, and the problem with that is that um, they were individual hostel rooms and everybody, you know, came in for maybe a day or two and then switched out. So I didn't really get to meet anyone. So I didn't even have roommates that I could connect with. So really it came down to uh, I just had nothing to do and I didn't know anyone. So I would go on really long walks or, um, you know, I would, I would try to find side projects to work on. And uh, all of my teammates were at that stage in their life where they could just go home to their family. Uh, so I really appreciated the opposite of that, being able to experience different things with my teammates. So uh, definitely, like, when you're looking at a company, it's important to look at the stage of the company. Um, is it a very mature company? Are there lots of older people there? Or is it kind of a younger, faster-paced environment? Because I think interns thrive in that faster-paced, younger environment. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's... So let's get more into the actual details of your internship. So I want to sort of talk about what your key takeaways were from your internships and, you know, what you want people to apply to their lives. Yeah, sounds good. Um, six internships is definitely a lot. So I'll try to, <laughs> you know, be succinct or efficient when I go through them. Yeah, I think when I think back to my first internship, one of the biggest things I learned was the importance of connections and referrals. Right. So... You know, when I was applying for jobs for my first internship, and I'm sure you kind of experienced the same thing, you have eight months of school under your belt, yeah. and that's kind of it. Yeah, I had I had Tim Hortons on my resume, <laughs> and I had soccer team captain from, like, when I was, like, 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had my, my part-time experience working as a tutor at Kumon, but kind of on the same page. Um, and I think I kind of got a little bit lucky with that first internship because someone that was involved in one of the same extracurricular activities as me in, at Waterloo um, actually held that position the term prior right. and was able to refer me. And I think that was really the only reason that I ended up getting an interview. Mm -hmm. um, and that interview was against a bunch of, you know, senior people in my program. So people right. a couple of years ahead of me. Um, and I guess somehow that, that interview went well and I ended up getting the job, but I don't think I would have gotten any of that had I not gotten the referral. Right. And I think since then, after, you know, the crazy amount of jobs we've applied to over the years, I yeah. think I've realized if you have a referral and you have someone that can vouch for you, that just holds so much weight and at least it opens the interview door for you. It's, def it's definitely all about who you know. Um, I actually have an interesting story kind of, uh, to, to agree with your point. So um, I had interviewed with this company and uh, I, I didn't get the position. That position actually went to somebody else. Um, so I remember before the interview, I got an email explaining what would be, you know, gone, what we would go over in the interview. And uh, it was from first name dot last name at company alias dot com. Uh, and so I remembered the interviewer's name. So I remember we had a really good conversation. So what I did is I just tried that email. I tried his first name dot his last name at company.com. Uh, and I reached out and said, you know, I loved the interview. I was really excited about the position. Uh, it's a shame I didn't get it, but, you know, I'll definitely be applying next year. Hopefully, you know, I can uh, get the position next time. Uh, and turns out it was the right email. And so he got back to me and we connected on LinkedIn. Um, so then, you know, when I was looking for my next internship, 
I just reached out to him directly and I said, hey, I'm looking for my next internship. And he basically said, the position's yours. You can have it. And I didn't even have to interview again. So definitely don't be afraid to build your network and to use that network once it is built. Yeah, definitely. And very creative way of doing it. So (laughs) that sounds awesome. So do you want to go through your other key takeaways? Yeah, so uh, the second one at Toyota, I think the biggest thing I learned there was just the value of building a community with your coworkers. Um, I think when I first started, even though there were a lot of other interns there, I think I sort of struggled to build that sense of community, especially with the coworkers that I actually got to work with for most of the day. Um, and I remember working really hard to try to kind of befriend the people around me and, and doing little things like celebrating people's birthdays or you know, just trying to get to know more about them and checking in on their lives, I think helped me build a really good social group uh, with the full-time employees around me. Um, And I stayed in touch with a lot of them long after I had left. So I think that was definitely something that I learned and something I brought into the rest of the internships that I I went through. A couple other key takeaways. uh, I think one big thing I learned from Tile was really just the value of having a good manager. Um, I think having done a lot of internships now, I see how important it is to work with someone or work under someone that values you and really wants you to succeed. Um, And so I think like having a great manager is just so crucial to your success uh, in your own role as an individual contributor. Uh, And so that's something that I really look for now when I'm looking for jobs. And then I think the last thing I would say is really just like being confident and knowing that even though you're an intern, you can still drive a ton of impact. So I think at Cognite, and maybe partly because it was a startup, I was given a lot of responsibility and a lot of autonomy uh, to really just like build a new product for the company, um, or at least the beginnings of a new product. And I think it really just showed me that, you know, yeah, you're an intern, but at the end of the day, if the company that you're working for treats you like a full-time employee, they're doing that for a reason. And it's because they believe in you. And I think you need to believe in yourself and just really step up and treat yourself like a full-time employee, Um, not giving yourself kind of the passes or the slack that you think that you might have as an intern and just trying to contribute at that full-time level. For sure. Uh, That seems to be a pretty common theme, actually. I think all of the previous uh, interviews people have told me that at startups, they got so much more autonomy and they got given so much uh, more impactful work. And so that's definitely something to consider when you're looking for an internship. You know, the, the big name might look good on your resume, but the content of your internship is what's most important. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the COVID-19 situation. So as you know, so many interns have lost their internship uh, due to this evolving situation. Um, and it's, it's really no, to no fault of their own. Uh, so I really feel for these people. If you could reach out to them and give them any advice, uh, what would it be? Yeah, great question. I really feel for the people that, you know, had internships lined up and because of the circumstances have had those offers rescinded. And right. uh, it's a really tough situation to be going through. I've counseled a few of these people myself and, you know, I really do feel for them. I think it's a big struggle. Um, but at the same time, I think if we're trying to be optimistic, there are some things that, you know, these interns could be doing uh, during this time. There's really two main pieces of advice that I would give. The first is working on building their network while they have this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, reaching out to people on LinkedIn that maybe are working at companies that you're interested in or, you know, have a job role that you're interested in right. or just people that have experiences that you'd like to learn from. I think now that everybody's working from home for the most part, people do have more time. Yeah. And for the most part, people, I think, are very willing to 
uh, reach out and, and talk about their experiences. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that you could be doing right now to really just build that network. And we talked yeah. about sort of the importance of referrals or, or having a good network earlier right. um, in this episode. So I think there's there's a lot of value that could be added there. And then the second thing I would say is just really developing skills for whatever role you're interested in. So if you're a developer, maybe that looks like doing more practice development. If you're you know, an aspiring PM or a PM, you could be working on side projects that let you show some of the different skill sets, right. like design or you know, thinking about a product vision or thinking about the roadmap or actually building something out. Right. So I think in, in doing those things, you're kind of proving that you have those skill sets and you're working to develop those skills, even though you might not be doing it you know, formally as a job for an employer. Right. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to, to talk about is if you could go back and change anything, uh, what would it be? Great question. I think personally, if I could go back, I wish I transitioned into tech more quickly. So either my second internship or just started off in tech. Um, as you might recall, you know, I did my first one in, in finance. I did my next one in uh, manufacturing or logistics. Right. And while I think it, they were great experiences and I still learned things, I think you know, my third internship made it very clear that I love the tech industry and the tech space, and that's definitely where I want to be. And so I think it might have been great to maybe, you know, have done an another internship in product management or tried out even yet another role in the tech space. Um, so I definitely think if I could have done that earlier, that, that might have been great. Right. Um, all right. So last but not least, uh, let's talk about the interview process. Uh, so you're at Microsoft now. Can you tell me a little bit about the interview process there? Yeah, as an intern or a full-time? Um, well, I believe you, you did uh, interviews for both, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, can you talk about a bit about both of them and the differences between the two? Yeah, for sure. So when I was interviewing for the program manager internship role, um, that was when I was still in Waterloo. And there was basically kind of a two-part interview process. Um, essentially, it was two, I believe, 45-minute interviews back-to-back. -back. Um, when I went through them, they were only product related, although I know people that have done the same kind of PM at Microsoft intern interview and have had technical questions as well. Right. So I think that might depend on the organization that you're interviewing for. But again, as I said, two 45 minutes, I think the first one was more kind of behavioral, asking some questions about things that I had done in previous internships and what I had learned and different experiences that I've had that, you know, I might have as a PM. So really like working with other people, working on technical concepts, things like that. And then I believe my second one was more PM type questions. So kind of classical questions that come up are, you know, what's your favorite product and why? How would you improve it? How would you design X, like a car for the blind or, you know, questions like that. Right. Um, so uh, how did that compare to the full-time uh, interview process? Yeah, so my full-time interview loop was a little bit different because I ended up getting that internship offer um, but chose to go to Cognite. So when I was interviewing again for full-time, I reached out to the hiring manager of the team that I was placed on. And because of that, I was able to sort of pass the first two phone screens and go straight to the on-site. So my on-site interview was a full day. I think it was four or five interviews with a series of different program managers at Microsoft. Each interview was about 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, the first five minutes were generally an introduction from the interviewer. The last five minutes were saved for questions that I might have. And then that middle section was really the like PM interview chunk. Um, as I remember it, the questions were kind of one of two categories. The first was more kind of traditional product questions of how you might design something or how you might improve something. 
Um, and then the second kind of set of questions were more around presenting an abstract problem. And then the interviewer was really trying to understand how I would go about finding a solution. Um, so trying to understand what are the sorts of questions I would ask, what sorts of data would I be looking for to then make a decision, and then how would I make some sort of decision, build a solution, implement it, and measure it. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining me, Pallavi. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Remember to visit us at techintern.com. Remember that's intern with a U, not an E, uh, where you can reach out to us and uh, hopefully you can get on the show or you can ask some questions that will be on the show. So thanks so much. I'll see you next Monday.